Welcome to episode one of Facing the Crowd. Um, I am here myself, Perks, with Hobo. Hello. Who is just sipping on one of his beers. What you got there? Just a Budweiser. Just keeping it. Something white, cool and sweet. White Trash America there. <laughs> That's what they used to say, didn't they, in the 80s? They did. They did. Not anymore. But um, got the brew dog. <laughs> and it's all good. You gotta love a brewery. All all good in the studio. That's it, mate. Um, so we're here to basically talk about what it was like to be a face in the crowd for all the rock metal gigs in the nineties, two thousands, and going on to the present day of gigging. You yeah. know. Yeah, we've done um, quite a few gigs between us, so we've, we've 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 come together at some point in the timeline after doing a lot of gigs separately and joined forces in gigs, <laughs> watching gigs. Um, I think my, our paths first crossed when I saw you in your band, yep. Bates Motel, supporting Fozzy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, long time ago. Was, yeah. I didn't know you, but I, I saw you and yeah. my friend knew you, and I said that you were better than Fozzy on the day. I think. Well, that's always going to put you in my good books, to be fair. <laughs> and then, and, uh, then I married your housemate. Yep, and that's how we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fair to say that our sons are besties. Yep. Um, but that's not why we're here, are we? No, we're here to talk about music. We're here to go right back, all the way back to our first gigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'm assuming... I'm assuming um, perks that your first gig probably would have been a local town gig yeah definitely yeah um, well, and before you obviously because I'm a little bit older than you mm, mm. but my, I started gigging quite late actually but yeah my first <laughs> my first gig I believe I'm pretty convinced was 1990-91 um, Wicked Ways Okay, no, not a band I'm familiar with. I know with. you're not familiar with them because I've mentioned them before, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think they were from Basildon and they used to play the Castle Main. Right, And they right. played down the Esplanade mm-hmm. in South End and my cousin um, Tina tipped me off about them. We all went down there. Um, I can't remember who went. You know, and watch Wicked Ways. They were just like a, as far as I can remember, and we're talking a long time ago, just a rock band. They weren't heavy or anything. Just like your generic kind of rock They could band. have been heavy, but I couldn't tell you. There's no trace of them online that I can find anyway. Right. Um, so if you're listening and you know anything about them, drop us a line let us know. Yeah. I mean, I know there's... They used to play down the Castle Main, mm. and I think I saw them down there after. Um, and... Yeah. What I really remember about the gig was... It wasn't them. I remember this crazy guy... I think he was called Colin or Brian or something, and he was like their mascot, their friend, and he was at every gig, and he used to go down the front, and he used to just turn and face the crowd. Um, but he was obviously at the front of the crowd. He wasn't in the band, and he used to just like open his eyes as wide as he could and just bring out his hands like he was, I don't know, Black Panther or something, and uh, <laughs> he used to just sort of shake headbang with his claws out and his eyes staring at you like really getting into the music like he was possessed by it or something it was right, it was right. hilarious I mean, it was such a good gimmick i mean a total fluke i think it's just the guy that knew him i don't know what's happened to him now whether he's 
in an Arkham Asylum or anything, but... He's probably a broker uptown, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. But that, that's what I remember about that band. Yeah that, yeah. that guy. Right. That guy. I mean, I was like 15, and I was just like, well, I'm at a gig, and there's like this fucking nutter at the front. <laughs> He's just staring at me. I wish he'd just turn around and let us yeah. enjoy the band. But God, yeah, God. from what I remember, they were just a, a, good, a good rock band. Right. They, um, they had a following, you know, they had the flyers, you know, I think the flyers, they had like a devil's towel on the, on the flyer and all that. And the, the Esplanade was just... It was a great venue. It's yeah. so sad to see what happens that yeah. place. Yeah, horrible, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Had so many the good Freddy Krueger picture in there. Some creepy ass pictures in there, weren't there, on the yeah, wall and that yeah. dungeon bit on the left. That's right, yeah. Near the, the box. cages were, yeah. Was there God, cages? Yeah. I thought it was just an archway thing. Yeah, no, there was cages on the stage as well originally. Was there? Yeah. Fuck, Going back I mean, I always hammered, time. so don't yeah. remember, you know. I love the venue, you know. I'm I, you know, being from South End and being in a band, it's uh, it, it makes me sad sometimes that I never actually got to play there. Because it was a legendary place to play. I mean, obviously, anyone who knows anything about music will know that Pearl Jam played there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Weren't old enough to go and see oh, Pearl Jam. I, I was well aware they were playing there. Yeah. There's not a chance in hell of me getting a ticket. <laughs> yeah. All their mates and all the people that knew. No, that's right. But you I'm, know, I was like 16 or whatever. There's yeah. no way I was getting I didn't know anyone. But, I mean, I've always spoken about it. And I've, what I've always said is that, you know, there's like, there's like 180,000 population of South End. And if everybody I knew said they were at that gig, even though that the the you know the the amount of people you can get in Chinneries is in the Esplanade was probably about one fifty or whatever, they must have been. And that would be going right back to yeah, the bar. There must have, there must have been like you know like I say everybody <coughs> I've ever met who's <coughs> blind they were at that gig. It would be like trying to get the whole of South End into one venue. I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. No, I know it did sell out. I used to know the guy. Um, Ian, who put the show on, yeah. he, he got the band, alerted the band to the owner and he got it on. Anyway, um, he was there and he's the only person I know that was actually there. I know, I know, um, um, the understand above all guys said yeah. on their podcast over there. Well, 100%. I know the, well, um, obviously. The, the guys who support them, uh, who supported them, um, a guy called George who was in a local band called K Bear. But after that, he was in a band called Chicken Hawk. Uh, was it before that? I don't know. It might even have been at the same time. But anyway, he was the guy who told um, the people um, at Maple that this band, Pearl Jam, you need to book them. Um, and they didn't want to do it because they hadn't heard of him. So this guy, George, um, he said, well, I'll, pu I'll put the gig on myself then. And he did. Um, and the rest is history. So his band, Chicken Hawk, I'm pretty sure this is correct... They supported Pearl Jam. Right. So there's so many people that reckon they put the gig on <laughs> and played the gig. I'm sure it was something to do with Ian as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it, Wicked Ways. Um, we went off track a little bit there. But yeah. we love talking about music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. I went on to see Little Angels down there. Uh, I remember that happening, but I didn't go down there. Skin. Yeah. Um, I saw Skin. Head swim, no, a couple of times. Head swim, yeah, had that well good song. Dead, remember Dead? That song they had. Yeah, I used to love that. Um, yeah, and then obviously I saw all the all the hardcore bands down there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I mean, I saw like, off the top of my head. I remember seeing the Sneaker Pimps there. Um, I remember seeing Catherine Will. 
Catherine um, Wheel, yeah. I, I remember, remember seeing um, Catatonia just after they released their first album. Um, uh, funny story, I was standing in the crowd. That's the woman, isn't it? The Keris Matthews, that's yeah. It, yeah. I was standing in the crowd and this woman tapped me on the shoulder and she asked me if she could pinch, pinch a fag off me. So I gave her a fag, give her a light. Um, five minutes later, she was up on stage singing, and it was it was Keris Matthews, um, ah. and like she, they started off their set, and like she was drinking like special brew, like out, <laughs> out, can after can of special, special brew. brew, and they started their set That's flatlining stuff, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> they started their set in I don't English. Have ever had one? <laughs> and by the end of the set, she was like halfway through the set, she was slipping into Welsh, and she, and by the end of the set, she was singing the whole set in Welsh, which really? was quite incredible. And believe me, she was hot. Hot but hammered. She really was. Hot but hammered. Hard and hammered. <laughs> I've since tweeted her saying, saying I gave you a fag at this pub in South End, but she never replied. So, you know, I thought it was it would be funny if she remembered, but there you go. Oh, hot and hammered in the Espinard, yeah? Sounds yeah. Good. Catherine Will were good. Uh, Rob Dickinson, who is, um, I believe, his nephew to Bruce Dickinson. Obviously, we all know who is he it? is. Yeah, but um, he was doing their merch table and I stayed in I was hammered and I was stayed in there and I was t- I was were you hot and hammered I was hot and hammered <laughs> I kept on telling him I was like you gotta give me a free t-shirt because it's gonna advertise your band and all this kind of stuff you know um, he just would not give in because I've always been good at blagging stuff at like gigs and that but yeah well, he, like when he I tried to blag your Bates Motel CD off you when I saw you and you wouldn't give me one but yeah <laughs> I had to pay for it that's another story <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great pub, great pub. It's, it's such a shame what's happened to it. You know, yeah, the South and um, lost a good venue there. Yeah, Sax and um, I think I saw I saw, I saw um, De La Soul DJ in the Pink Toothbrush years later. Right, right. The only gig I'd ever seen seen down the Pink Toothbrush. But yeah. I heard that Ice T played there in 1984. Right. I mean, loads of that bands. That could be true. Loads of bands obviously played there. I mean, Radiohead played there. Um, Teenage Fan Club played there. Um, Sultans of Ping. Sultans of Ping, yeah. Where's um, my so, jumper? Yeah, that loads one? and loads of bands played there. I didn't see many bands there. I saw um, a good friend of mine's band, um, Engerica. And they're a local band. They got signed to a big label, um, and they did all right for a while. Um, but yeah, um, th- I think they were one of the few bands I ever saw there, actually. So, oh, yeah, right. I played there loads of times, but didn't see many live bands there. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I mean, there's probably bands that I, I, I saw down there also, but the, you know, you, you, there's certain ones you remember, and then others slip away, don't they? Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. But um, moving on to your. First London, should we talk about your first London show? Yeah, so so okay. you would you would see it as your, you know, your big gig? You yeah, mean, you mean yeah, yeah, totally. I'll never forget it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, I started gigging quite late, really. You know, I wasn't going to gigs when I was a kid as such. But I think it was, um, yeah, it was 96. Um, and I, I was working as a printer in Southend. And I got really pally with this guy, Del, very good friend of mine still to this day. But... He used to he used to go to loads and loads of gigs. He's a little bit older than me, but he used to go to loads and loads and loads of gigs. And he started inviting me along, or I probably started inviting myself. But anyway, I knew about garbage, obviously, because um, Butch yeah. Vig's connection. 
Um, Looking at the ticket here, it was £9.50, Sam. £9.50. Imagine going to a gig in London for £9.50 these days. March the 24th, 1996. It was a Sunday, but it didn't phase you. Didn't phase me, no, no. You paid £9.50. Yeah. So, yeah, we jumped on the train and, uh, you know, we got to Brixton. Standing ticket. I was nervous because I'd heard so many horror stories about Brixton. Uh, so yeah we got, I remember getting off the tube uh, you know we walked along that high street all the way to the academy um, yeah and yeah we went in the first um, time you go there it's like yeah it was, oh, it was Brixton. crazy yeah, it was absolutely crazy like, I've seen I'd seen like but then there's hundreds of, of metals and photos of Brixton like you know all the like the like the medieval it's made to like a castle on the inside and all that kind of stuff and it looks crazy um, but once you get in the crowd walking towards it and everyone's yeah. with you it's like it doesn't yeah. matter where you are does it yeah. you, no, you just forget right. you're in Brixton yeah, don't you because you yeah, you're with the crowd you and then when you come out you're with the crowd back on the gym yeah that's right and you used to have all the people outside selling the fake t-shirts and I remember buying a couple actually for garbage so um, so yeah you know it was um, yeah it was a Sunday night um, we walked in I, I can't remember if there was a support band or not um, but all I remember, like when Says the, there was a special guest, but I don't remember who it was. <laughs> um, I remember the lights going down, and then I remember the you know the, the crowd cheering, and then the lights come on, and the band were there playing, um, and it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Like yeah, I knew from that second I, I wanted to go to gigs forever. You know, I, yeah. I had the bug for it straight away. Um, you know, especially like you know. Obviously Once you've gone up to Brixton and come back alive, yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's all something seeing something in your hometown, but then like you know, seeing like an international band in like a massive venue. Yeah. You're surrounded by people, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I remember like where we were standing. I couldn't really see much because, well, I'm only five seven, but. Um, Could you get to the bar? Okay. Got to the bar. Okay, but yeah, I remember we were. I think we were on the left hand side, and um, there was like these pillars, and I managed to stand. Like on this pillar, like holding onto the pillar so I could see the stage for oh, like yeah. most of the set. Yeah, sometimes you can stand on that raised bit around the back, can't you? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was it really. You know, pretty much stood there, fell in love with Shirley Manson and then went home. You know, <laughs> that's about all I remember. Yeah. Of it. yeah she I was mean, amazing. She was just stomping around that stage, you know, like a lunatic. Um, yeah, no, I, I never saw them myself. Yeah. But they, they I mean, did, they, um, they only had the one album out. So, I they remember just, their songs. They pretty much played that whole album and a couple of B sides, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved them at the time. I absolutely loved them. So, yeah, and I still do listen to them occasionally. Yeah, so my first gig, and I know we've posted these, these tickets on Insta, um, was Guns N' Roses at Wembley Stadium. Now, yeah, now I don't want to keep <laughs> talking, but there's, there's a bit of jealousy going on here because Guns N' Roses are probably my favourite band of all time. In fact, not probably, they are my favourite band of all time. And I've, uh, I've seen them recently with like the new, you know, with the original lineup, if you want to call it the original lineup, but I never got to see them back in the day. So I, I want to know all about this one. This was not the original lineup because it had Matt Sorum. Right, right. So I never saw Steve Adler. Right, okay. But Izzy was still in the band. Izzy then. was in the band. So right. it was the full band. Okay. And Matt Sorum, who's obviously amazing. We, 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 you know. That was a great job. It, it was all in the all, all of his Use Your Illusion gigs are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. It was uh, 13th of June, 1992. Um, and they were supported by Faith No More and oh Soundgarden. Oh <laughs> so I've gone from <laughs> Chinneries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, watching Head Swim and Wicked Ways to Wembley Stadium. 80,000 people, I guess it was. <laughs> um, obviously, we got there early because, you know, it's a big London gig. You know, it's a lovely 
sunny day. Yeah. Um, we've seen uh, one track from Soundgarden on Headbangers Ball, I think, was, mm-hmm. it might have been Rusty Cage, it might have been. And everyone had, in the world had seen Faith No More's, you know, epic video or whatever. Yeah, oh God, um, yeah, yeah. And it was just a break of the Angel Dust album. Yeah. So we had, we had the first album, and I think we, I can't remember if we got the album or not. Anyway, they, they were great, you know. Soundgarden were on well early, you know. These, the doors opened at 2.30, they started at 4.30. Yeah, I suppose they need a lot of time to fill up a place like that. But, yeah, we were just in there. Wembley Stadium, the old Twin Towers and all that, you know, mm, not before mm. the new one, you know, just packed beers, you know, loads of places to get a beer, just me and my school buddies. Um you know, we watched every minute of every band. Yeah. As you would. Well, yeah, once you're in there. You, you know, and you get, in, you, you, you get into the point where Paradise City's on at the end, GNR, and it's dark, and it's just you've electric. Like, you've been standing up for like 12 hours. Yeah, but something. I didn't, you know, it was 12, like 12 minutes. It was yeah, yeah. amazing, you know. It's like Brian May come out, and I think he did Tie Your Mother Down, and we would rock you with oh, GNR. Wow. Oh, amazing. Um, so... I think I've seen the footage. Completely of that. unexpected and just like, wow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Brian May's out and they're just absolutely having it, you know. Mm. The, mm. And then they do Paradise City after that. And it's just like, um, how am I ever going to not carry on going to gigs <laughs> after seeing that? That's quite impressive. It's, it's like, a good one. It's like <laughs> this is, you know, as, as good as it gets, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, totally. And, totally. You know. Just being in there with that many people, all all staring at the stage, all sort of chanting, singing, and just like it was like, wow, this is just part of like yeah. a mega mega thing here. Everyone's just gunning, if you excuse the pun, <laughs> uh, for the same band here, and yeah. just just absolutely loving it. We were, we were at one, we were as one in that in yeah. that stadium together, yeah, all with of us. A gig like that, I suppose. It's arm in arm, unity. Arm in arm, sort of semi headbag into Paradise City at the end with my pals. I mean, it's just... Awesome. Sold. It's the power rubber of stamp. music. Boom, rubber stamp for that man. He is sold. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I went back to local gigs and then you just do your local gigs, don't you? Until your, yeah. your London gig comes up and then you do a local gig and your London gig and you just keep going like that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's and, it. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and you just, you know, you're, it looks as that you went to see Placebo next. Um, at the Astoria. Well, 97 was that? Yeah, but before that, I saw Placebo um, in a tiny pub in Cambridge. Um, and it was, I think it was like a couple of weeks before the first album dropped. Um, you went up to Cambridge? Yeah, we went to a pub called The Boat Race in Cambridge. I don't even know if it's still. Just drive and drive back. Or yeah, yeah. Um, so we, I, we didn't actually go to see Placebo. We went to see a band called Linoleum. We'd followed them. We'd seen them quite a few times in London and the underworld and different places. Um, they were kind of like a really cool kind of girl, kind of indie rock kind of setup. Um, so we went to see them, but um, they were supporting Placebo. We hadn't really heard of Placebo. Um, so, yeah, so I remember getting there... Um, and we always used to ch- chat to Linoleon. They'd always sort of chat after their sets and that. And they were, they were lovely girls. Um, but yeah, what I saw kind of blew me away, really, because I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, this band come on, only a three-piece. But, um, you know, Brian Molko, I didn't even know his name then, but 
Um, <laughs> he was just like this normal guy, jeans and a t-shirt, long black hair. You know, there was no makeup or anything like that. Um, obviously, he's well known for that now. But, um, yeah, the Nancy Boy song. Yeah. He used to play it there in the brush, didn't Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, that's right. Great little dance track. Yeah. Sort of. So, yeah, they played. Um, and that was it. Um, you know, I sort of, I loved them straight away. Um, and my mate Paul, a good friend of mine, Paul, at the time, he was writing fanzines and stuff, like music fanzines. Oh, yeah. And he'd been sent an advanced cassette of that first Placebo album. Um, and it was still, I say it was probably like two or three weeks till it was actually going to drop. Um, and I begged him and I begged him and I begged him to let me have it. And in the end, he relented and he gave it to me so I could just copy it overnight. And I copied it and I, I probably played that tape to death in those two weeks before the actual album came out. And then I went and bought the album on the day it came out and probably nice. played that to death. And yeah, probably got through, got, got through a, quite a few copies of that album. Yeah, I, I mean, just loved it. And they'd have played the Cliffs a few times, haven't they? Played the Cliffs twice, yeah. I think I've seen them twice, both times yeah. at the Cliffs. Um, yeah. But yeah, to continue that story, so we see, I see them at the boat race in Cambridge and there was like 12 people there. Um, 12 and then people. I see them, you know, I see them like six months later or whatever at the Astoria and he walked out in a ball gown. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> 12 people to a ball gown, yeah? yeah. In two Pretty weeks. Crazy. Pretty, no, no, it was about, probably about six months or, <laughs> oh, or whatever, right. but... Yeah, we did. Yeah, he'd, like, he'd obviously... Got to he'd, sell yourself. Yeah, he glammed <laughs> up his image, you know. He's, he's obviously, you know, a big fan of um, Bowie and different people. And uh, he, got, he saw the opportunity to make his band much, much bigger. <laughs> Went for it and it paid off. So, yeah, that's my placebo story. Mega, yeah, I am... Um... I went to see GNO again the next year. Oh, God, you're killing <laughs> obviously, me. <laughs> obviously, obviously he was going to do that. So, um, yeah, I think we've got the coach to Milton Keynes Bowl. Right, I like Milton Keynes. Um, they didn't have Izzy, they had Gilby on guitar. Great guitarist. Equally as good, the gig was. Um, Blind Melon, I saw. No, yeah, that Soul kills me. Soul Asylum and the Cult. Oh, because back can't. then you would see everyone. You wouldn't just like, oh, we don't care about the support band. No, you'd be like, oh, no, I'd see everyone. You would, yeah. And you know, I saw yeah. all four bands. Um, and what gets me, if I can just butt in for one second, is not many people will know this, but you've actually got a poster of this gig up in your toilet at home. I have. And every time I see it, it makes me feel sick that I wasn't there. <laughs> and that that A4 poster is the actual actual flyer was handed out at the gig. Amazing. And on Amazing. the reverse side is the Metallica gig that went on at the bowl that year. And right. I chose the GNR one. And I know some people that went to the Metallica one. Right. What year um, was it? 93. Oh, so it would have been like the Black Album and that. Yeah, so... You made the right choice, though. I'm sure you made the right choice. I think so. Yeah, you can't, you can't regret it. Yeah. You were there. Uh, and then I went... No, actually, this was... Oh, yeah. Just before, actually, Bon Jovi. The Jovi. On the Keep the Faith tour. Right, yeah. I'll show you this I again. had the album, yeah. I never, I never sort of, um, I never seen him live. Um, my school friend was massively into Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Still is. Right. And we all went because, you know, we went to each other's favourite bands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was at the Wembley Arena, which I didn't like, and I still don't like that place. Uh, it's never. just like a bit of an I've just never hanger, really liked yeah. that venue. And we was on the, in seats for that gig. Right. And I think Bon Jovi had cut all his hair off and was just like, yeah, this is the Keep the Faith tour. And it was, it was a, you know, it was a good, it was a good song. It was, you know, it's a radio banger or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
the band were great, really tight. Like Rich Sambora was amazing, isn't he? Yeah, great guitar. guitar. So <laughs> it was it was great. They were great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got a little vision of of them seeing the monster. I can kind of see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it was a. And we used to do coach trips back then. Everything was very primitive. I think it was like, yeah, you book up the coach trip with Cook's coaches and you go to the yeah. gig and then they bring you back and you're all safe and your parents don't got worried about <laughs> whether you're dead. You're not on it's London Underground. Was, though, you know, it's like, safely transport the children there, let them watch the gig and bring them back without any injury. That's it. With that's the programme, totally intact. Yeah. And not oh, completely yeah. ruined by beer in, in the later <laughs> days. But um, yeah, immaculate programmes in those days. Yeah, yeah. Um, who played with him? Do you remember who played with him? Couldn't tell you. No. I mean, it probably ain't even on Google. Right. Don't know. Right. How did you find going to see a rock gig and sitting down as opposed to actually being like like in the thick of it? Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. It's, it's not something I've, I've done. I've, I've sta- stood for probably 90% of all my gigs. Yeah, same, same. Don't. I've done a few sitting sits. Can it one of your buds? Of course you can. Um, yeah, I've done a... Uh, it's a twisty. Oh, that's, oh, oh, that's a speckled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done a few seated gigs. Seated gigs. Um, the older you get, the kind of... Um, the more tempting they are, but... I still don't get beats, tempted by it. Nothing beats standing no, up. No. I, saw, I saw Slash, and I think it was at the London Arena um, with Miles Kennedy, and that was... There was only seated tickets left when we got around to booking them, so we sat down. And to be honest with you... I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, I do love standing up at gigs. Yeah, okay. So moving on to your next gig. Looking at this, it was Blur at the Cliffs Pavilion. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, all 1997. There's loads I need, I'd need to fill in, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably... Yeah, I mean, that particular gig at the Cliffs Pavilion. Um, Blur played there twice. I um, saw them with you the second time. Second time, yeah. They're warm up for Glastonbury. That's right. And I saw them at Glastonbury that weekend as well. Oh yeah. Um, so that 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 original gig that got announced, um, and I remember it was announced, and it was the winter, and it was freezing cold. Winter is coming. And you <laughs> you had to um, from a certain time you had to queue up outside the Cliffs Pavilion to sort of like get your tickets from the box office. Right. You know? um, and I remember me and my mate Matt queuing up outside there. And it was freezing. Queuing up with your direwolf. Yeah. <laughs> just me and Matt and like hundreds and thousands of people just queuing up just to get these tickets. Um, and in the end, yeah, we, you know, you know, and I remember my dad coming down with like sausage sandwiches and stuff just to try and warm us up a bit. Flipping out. In the this end, is, we got these this tickets. Is, this, you really wanted to see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> dad yeah. comes down with sausage sandwich in foil. <laughs> They were a great band, you know. That, you know, um, so yeah, we queued up for hours and hours, and we got the tickets. Um, yeah, and I remember. I don't remember a lot about the gig. I remember Tuesday night. Was it a Tuesday night? Westcliff Parade. Yeah. Fourteen quid. Another bargain. Yeah, they're in their prime. You'll see the prices starting to rocket up soon. But um, yeah, they were in their prime. Um, and yeah, I remember just mental, like from like the first song, Damon Alburn was literally hurling himself into the crowd like every ten seconds. Like, I've never seen someone really? stage dive so much. Like, really, in one I gig. just can't imagine that. I, mean, but I don't. I didn't see them in the early days. Yeah. I did see them at the um, the second time at the Cliffs. Yeah, he was stage diving then. Oh, I, I remember it clear as a bell. Yeah, mm. was he? Mm. I know they were good. They opened with a slow one, didn't they? Then I saw him again at the Olympic closing ceremony with yeah. New Order and that's right, yeah. 
Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Really good. Of course, while we're on the subject of the Cliffs Pavilion, the big one I went to there was obviously Oasis. Oasis. And that was just before the second album came out. And they, they recorded um, a VHS, whatever, video. of It was called Live by the Sea. And it was the whole set. Yeah, I obviously um, went to that. Yeah. But when you bought a ticket for that, you also got a free ticket for um, the recording of the song. I think it was Rock and Roll Star. I think it was Rock and Roll Star. Um, but you had to turn up at 12 o'clock and you had the band were there and you'd just jump up and down um, to the band, yeah. like pretending they were playing it um, for like three or four takes. And then they kicked you out the venue and then you hung around or whatever. And then you came back in at eight o'clock for the actual gig. So yeah, I am technically in the video for Rock and Roll Star by the way. Did you see yourself? Did I what? See yourself on no, the No, but you do see my mate Richie Webb. He was right down the front um, and you can clearly see him, you know, in the, in the footage. Uh, yeah, no, no, everyone said that, that was an amazing gig. It uh, was an amazing Oasis. gig. And I will still say, keeping in mind, I've seen Motorhead, Oasis are the yeah, loudest we... band I have ever heard in my life. I could not hear for weeks, and that is the truth. Motorhead, that Motorhead at the Cliffs was, uh, do you remember that? I like, sat in the bar for a lot of it because it, it was too it? much. Uh, like, so uh, what I want to talk to you now is because I've just spotted something and this might, this might make you a bit sad. Oh, God. But I've just pulled out a ticket. You don't know that. Sad's an understatement. It, cost, it was 1350 and it was the 6th of April 1994 um, and it was at Brixton Academy. But the, uh, <sighs> the stub bit of the ticket is still on. Tell me about that. Yes, I know. Nirvana, Brixton Academy. Um, unfortunately, passed the day before. As me and three others have still have this ticket, and to say we were devastated is a fucking understatement. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, we were too young to go to Reading '92, mm. and I think they played Reading '91, didn't they? Yeah. Just where they just were coming out, and they got lower on the bill. They headlined '92. Um, and they probably did play other gigs in London, but I just didn't go. And I was like, right, okay, this is it. We're going to go and see Nirvana, boys. And we just was so excited. Yeah. Um, and then we heard about him with a champagne OD in France, and we was like, yeah. hang on a minute, that gig's not going to happen now. He's got to recover from that. Yeah. And obviously, it was Rome, got, wasn't it? Wasn't it Rome? I think so. Yeah, and then the you know, for, we, we need to recover from that. He's never going to be doing this gig. So we kind of knew he wasn't going to be doing it anyway. Mm. And then obviously the tragedy happened. Yeah. So the gig ticket remains intact. As, it's, as it will be, yeah. forever. Yeah. It will never leave my hands. Funnily enough, I mean, I've seen those tickets selling on eBay for like 100 quid, you know. Yeah, plus, fuck, fuck that. Plus. Why would you sell it? Why would you why, sell it? Why, it's why, a bit of paper. You paid 13 quid for it. I don't know. I mean, people, was, people were trying to sell them the weeks, in, the weeks after his death yeah. and stuff. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. shocking. You, but people really were snapping want, them up as well. Did you really want to see it? Did you really love Nirvana that much? Or yeah. did you want to sell the fucking it's just, ticket? It's just a bit of paper. It's not even like, oh yeah, I can, I can honestly say I had that ticket because I was going to go. It's just like, no, I bought that off eBay. It's just a waste of time, isn't it? Nah. You're absolutely right. But yeah, um, after Nirvana ended and... Um, we kind of was we was kind of getting into heavier stuff anyway, and we really got into Pantera and Sepultura. Yeah, um, we've got Vanessa Warwick to thank for that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know Pantera have been around for ages, but just seeing the, 
the Pantera videos and Sepultura videos on Headbangers Ball and Noisy Mothers Crusher and just loving it. We were just getting into Fear Factory, Pantera, Sepultura, um, Machine Head, just, you know, and then Corn come out. And so I went to uh, see Pantera um, at the Brixton Academy. Yep. 1994. Nice. 11, 11 pound I saw Pantera for. Crazy. <laughs> absolutely brilliant oh, it was. Price of tickets back then. <laughs> you can't see a band now for less than 50 quid. Like, you know, we, we would go to Gigston, we would go down the front, you know, yeah. we, we, we were in it, we were in the crowd. Pantera, I was in there moshing, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, Wolby and just, he was just like trying to stage dive and just getting lifted up and crowd surfing and, yeah. you know, we just, um, we had it at them gigs, you know what I mean? We wasn't standing <laughs> at the back, as yeah. I do now. Yeah, yeah, we was yeah. down there. It's yeah, Pantera at Brixton. We was in that mosh pit, or, you know, standing to the side of the, of the, of the mosh, pretty much the whole gig. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, you know, that was, uh, you know, I think that was when they were in their prime. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Was that the Far Beyond Driven, wasn't it? So yeah, it was, yeah. That was all the news tracks from Far Beyond Driven, and Dimebag Daryl was just, oh, God. On fire, as always. And Selmo, all the boys. Um, yeah, yeah, that was stuff. one of the best gigs. Mm. One of the best gigs. Um, and I re- returned to the Academy a year later yeah. to see Foo Fighters in... Uh, 1995, November. So th- I wonder if that was the first UK tour. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, it was. was but it? I'd seen them at Reading Festival. Right. And now we're going to do an episode on did, festivals. They did so a small tent, did they? Was it the tent yeah, you see? Yeah, so, so I'm not, we're going to do festivals, but yeah. we'll quickly tell you about this one because, you know, and some of the boys, they were standing right next to me, so they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Foo Fighters played this tent at Reading, Reading 95, um, and it, it was so packed in there. We got in there early. We really wanted to see him. You know what I mean? We got the album with a gun on it. Um, and people were actually climbing up the tent rafters, the middle of the centre poles and all that. And they were right up at the top. And halfway through, Dave Grohl was told, get them down or the gig stops. And right. he said, everyone get off the fucking tent poles or we're going to have to stop. Yeah. So then we had to wait for like 10 or 15 minutes for everyone to climb down <laughs> off the poles. Oh, God. Yeah, I've got photos of it. We, I, had, I actually had a camera with me at that Reading, and I've right. got photos from in that tent that I took. That's crazy. And I've got people up in the pole, up, up the poles. Yeah, I mean, he talks about it. He talks about it in his in his autobiography. Yeah, so. and it was well good. They still had that dancer that used to dance for Nirvana on stage yeah. with him. Yeah. I don't know, the crazy one. He used to like, just come on like and go... Kind of dance, yeah, yeah, and he, he was still with him, and he'd right, come on right. and Pat Smear, and the, they had the drummer from... Um, Sunny Day, didn't they originally? Uh, no, no, no. Someone? Oh, maybe it was. I think it was, was yeah, originally. Because the bass player from Sunny Day was in FIFA. Yeah, he still is, isn't he? Yeah. But I think they had the drummer. Right. And, yeah, they were well good. Mm. I mean, it was just like mental. You were at something special. It was like, yeah. everyone wanted to be there because of what happened to Nirvana and everyone just wanted to be there anyway just to see Dave Grohl. Yeah. But it was good. Mm. The songs were good on that album, you it know? Was a he wrote album. the whole, whole thing, didn't he? It, Recorded. Well, funny enough, he recorded the whole thing. Every every bit of it he recorded, apart from there's one song which is I think it's called um, "Exhausted" and it's got um, 
one guitar part by a musician called Greg Dully, who's the singer in the Afghan Wigs, who's one of my favourite bands. Um, but apart from that one guitar solo, the whole album was done by Dave Grohl, no one else. Yeah. Well, he done well with that one. He certainly this was, and, that, and that, that gig made me want to go and see them at Brixton. So they, we yeah. were, you know, and all these gigs where I got the ticket and I went to the gig, I felt so privileged to get that at the time. Yeah. To, to, to ring up and get... You know, get it. Didn't yeah. have the internet. No, no. You rang up. Phone, first thing, wouldn't you? Fucking desperate. ringing up, desperate to yeah. get this ticket before yeah. they sold out. And sometimes they go sold out, and you wouldn't get it. No, that's And right, if I haven't seen a band around that time, it's because I couldn't get through and I couldn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Because bands I wanted to see that I couldn't see. Yeah. But these are the, like the lucky ones: Pantera, Foo Fighters, Corn, um, Corn at Brixton Academy, '97. Mm. You know, that that was like brilliant. After I'd seen them at. Um, download well Monsters of Rock back then yeah their first ever gig on UK soil mm. oh my god it was intense was it in, in the small the first time they had two stages I think right at Monsters of Rock um, they they played over on the smaller one they headlined it I think Typo were on there as well right. they, they were good as well so my cousin loved them um but Corn were brilliant, and they made the and, they, they, and these the bands they make you want to go and see them again. So then yeah. you go and see them well, in their own gig, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's the great thing about festivals, isn't it? Was that it's, the festival Pride and Glory played? Uh, I think so. Right, because I know you've seen them, haven't you? I've seen Pride and Glory, and I know you're proper Jill, isn't you? <laughs> they were the first band on the main stage, yeah. done it in '94. Yeah, and they did a cover of War Pigs. Yeah. A um, faultless cover of Warpigs. Yeah. I've seen that footage many that, times. That's, I know you love Black Label and that, but I do think Pride and Glory, that one album they did, is Zach Wilde's best work. It is. I'm, no, putting, I'm, it, I'm putting it out there. I'm not even going to argue with you, It's such a good album. I love everything. And that Black was Label on Noisy done, Mothers. But that Pride and Glory album was the best thing. They were like power trio, just three of them, just rocking. You know, they were like... I don't know. They, you know, they had the Led Zeppelin thing going on, but they were just incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Well, I don't think they did a lot of gigs, did they? Pride and Glory. I don't think so. And then it was over. But that, yep. but that, but Monsters of Rock. That gig was amazing. Um, so I see here, Strange Love, and I, call me ignorant, but I don't know who they are. Okay. <laughs> I'm really enough, sorry. I don't. I, I haven't got a clue what that is. Okay. Well. Um, there was a band, uh, yeah, a band, the band Strange Love. I think I believe they're from Bristol, um, and they're kind of, if you can think about, um, like a kind of suede kind of band, but maybe sort of less glam than than suede were at the time. More kind of emotionally charged. Um, yeah, it was kind right. of rocky indie, but okay. Um, you know, I loved them. You know, I was a big fan of them at the time. Um, see them many times. Um, got a few albums, have they? They've got yeah. They've got, they split. They got three or four albums out. Yeah, they split in the end. Yeah, and like the the singer Patrick Duff now does like weird kind of folky stuff, which I've tried to listen to, but no, it does nothing for me. Um, it doesn't go beyond Strange Love, as far as I'm concerned for them. Um, but yeah, like I say, I saw him many times. Um, the one that sticks in my head. So this one was at the Astoria. This is the one that sticks in my head. Ninety-seven, yeah, ninety-seven at the Astoria. So that venue, oh my god. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and, I love and it was that like venue. they played like stuff across like all three albums, and then like at the end they always used to play this song called "Time for the Rest of Your Life," 
and it's kind of epic and it builds up and builds up and builds up um, and just when it kicked in like after a few minutes of like it building up like there was a stage invasion and like everybody they were getting they were pulling people out of the crowd onto really? the stage That's so good. and the entire stage was filled with people you couldn't even see the band they were still playing but you, you could hear them but you could not see the band it was every it's like, like biohazard and, yeah yeah done it and they done that right, they got the right. power the plug pulled on them yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, so yeah you know that was that was crazy um but yeah a band that yeah they'll always be very close to my heart um oh, right i remember Strange seeing uh, well we'll have to we'll have to have to play that on apple music or something <laughs> I'll, yeah i'll introduce you to them mate they're, they're a very very good band another yeah i remember seeing them with my dear friends james and john um just when they they i think james Big and john, john yeah they just got the results of their you know their, their their college like um you know the results results from the exams from the college and i happened to be going to london to see strange love and john was like i want to come with you so we all just jumped on the train he got they got a ticket outside the venue and we just went that's in. cool isn't it? you just decided to just yeah go i mean yeah. i've got to be honest i didn't do it many times because mm. i was always going but yeah. you know a couple of times you just go oh yeah i'll grab a ticket for tout and you you think, oh, this is going to be really difficult, but it isn't, is it? No, it's <laughs> not, no. The Astoria, though. No, that that particular gig wasn't the Astoria. It was, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was like a tiny venue on Tottenham Court Road. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a tiny venue on Tottenham Court Road. Um, I can't think what it was called. Um, oh, right, okay. But yeah, anyway, yeah, it was a great gig. It was a great gig. So, so you yeah. saw um, Sneaker Pimps and Dinosaur Junior at the Astoria as well. Not at the same time, but yeah, again, no, but I used to go to so many gigs at the Astoria. It seemed like whenever anyone yeah, played, it was the Astoria. Astoria. Yeah, it was a period where it was just a story. Yeah. A story, wasn't it? It was yeah. just a perfect amount of people, the perfect venue. Yeah, sounded great in there always, didn't it? Oh yeah, it the always. bar up top. Yeah, you always had. And good you come down good and sound, just yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh it? god, the it was greatest venue. This has been sold, isn't it? It's gone. Oh, it was, it was knocked down years ago. Longer, yeah, there's longer. like train tracks and stuff. Do you used there. to go to? Do you ever go to the Intrepid Fox before a gig? Yeah, yeah. That place with a big metal spider. They moved it about quite a lot, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, but the, orig the original now. one for, for quite a few years, we used to always go right, right. to the Fox yeah. in um, Wardour Street. I think mm. it was, wasn't it? Yeah. The Fox, and then onto a gig. Even if we went to Brixton, we'd still go to the Fox first. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. Um, and you know, because you know, he was just going to be playing good music in there to warm you up. Yeah, that's right. For, for uh, in the, in the later years, it was just like, yeah, it's a scan of Weatherspoons next to Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But yeah, so so yeah, yeah, the sneaker pimps obviously at the Astoria. Yeah, um, I, I I love the sneaker pimps. I love the whole trip hop kind of thing. Um, the first album with the girl singing, yeah, that was great, and that's like. I, I, I mean, I even seen him at the Esplade um, in Southend um, touring that album. But um, after they kicked her out um, and the guy started singing, that's when I really fell in love with them. You know, they were writing right. sort of cinematic songs that sounded like, you know, James Bond songs, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it, it was brilliant, you know. Um, they were a very, very good band back in the day. Oh. Uh, Dinosaur Junior I'm wearing one of their shirts at the moment yeah but, um, yeah I remember that gig at the Astoria well um, uh, you know I touched on my mate Dale earlier and as I was telling you about him but um, I remember like um, as I said he's a little bit older than me but he was he was going to me at the time he was going you know I just I just can't have it at gigs anymore you know I'm not I'm just feeling a bit like too old for all of it and all this kind of stuff so 
you know, we went back to in '97. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, he is quite a bit older than me. So we went to see um, Dinosaur Junior, and he was saying, you know, he couldn't have it and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it was, very, you know, I remember like the whole of the back of the Astoria was just filled with Marshall cabs, and it was like wow. And Jay Maskey's come out and they started playing. And like the, just the sound from these marshals was just chucking his hair about. It was so loud and crazy. Mental. Um, and then about three or four songs in, um, they started playing um, Just Like Heaven, which is a Cure song that they cover. Um, and my mate Dell's favourite band in the whole world is The Cure. And I remember him. He literally turned around to me and he went, hold my beer. And he just went. He Did just he? ran, like, not even into the pit. He ran through the pit. It was like, you could see all these kids just moving out of the way. It was like the parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> and he was straight down the front for that. And then he oh, came out yeah. like after that looking that is it. absolutely it? dumb. Because you could do that, couldn't you? You could go and get a beer and, you know, yeah. then you'd be like, oh my God, it's, it's going to yeah. be that song. And you just run down there straight back into the mosh. And I've always been too polite at gigs, but yeah, like uh, my mate Dell would just push his way through. No, we used to, do, we used <laughs> like to, just, we used to just go through. <laughs> we just do say, sorry, sorry. So you just repeatedly say sorry until you're yeah. where you want to be. Or the old, you're holding beers and you're making it. Isn't it funny? As long as you say sorry in the UK, everyone just accepts it. Kind of, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I'm barging you. <laughs> but I'm actually barging you out the way, but sorry, sorry, so, sorry, sorry. And you're down there. Like, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally, totally. Yeah, no, good times, good times. you got to love a good gig. So I'm looking through your tickets again now. Now, let's yeah. have a look, see what we can pull out. We got, so you've got, you got a Slash ticket here. Yep. Slash, what one's that? Slash, Mark Tremonti. Oh, he's from Alter Bridge, right? And Ginger Wildheart. That's crazy. Talk, talk me through, talk me through. It's another Brixton gig. Slash, yeah, I didn't see the support on this one. Right. Um, this was, yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen Slash's Snake Pit, but I've seen him in GNR and stuff. And yeah. Then never really, I don't know, didn't get into the Snake Pit stuff. Yeah, oh, they're brilliant albums. But, um, yeah, I just, I love this, the Slash albums from the off, um, the solo albums. And, yeah, going to see Slash was, you know, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw him at the Underworld. Oh, did you? And, um, yeah, it was, I think it was a time when he was, he was um, coming off the heroin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after he'd, he'd, he'd play a bit of a song or solo or whatever, and then he'd turn around and, up behind his amp he was he was <laughs> done he was hell. absolutely done it was no, crazy whenever I saw Slash he's just been spot on form oh, oh he's no no. don't get me wrong I've never seen him play a bad gig he's always spot never on form has, but he? he was he was throwing up like behind his amp he was you know he weren't in a good place right right yeah but you know a lot of these guys who built up a resistance to drugs and all this kind of stuff who could they could take drugs and take drugs and take drugs and still put on a good performance you know yeah, Kurt yeah. Cobain was narcoleptic; he could fall asleep on stage, but <laughs> he'd, you know, he'd take so many drugs, he'd still, he'd still be fine playing. So the gig. As a, as a face in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard <laughs> like to believe that. that. You know, yeah. you see that you're playing; they're playing so well, they're playing their instruments so well, and it's all so together. Yeah, you can't, you can't actually believe they're off their, off their tits no. doing it, can you? No. <laughs> you wouldn't know. You just don't know. You, you don't know. You in the crowd with your beer, and you're like, "Yeah, this." I suppose you know. This is so nuts. Used to it, you know. Yeah, but you know, it takes its toll. You know, I was just, I've just started reading um, Slash's autobiography again. The very first paragraph, he's like, he's playing a live gig, um, and because the adrenaline flows, he's got a pacemaker fitted inside his inside his body to kickstart his heart. Yeah, literally kickstarts his heart. 
And, um, Are you joking? Yeah, so when he's playing a gig, if his adrenaline gets too high, this thing like gives him a shock or whatever and keeps him going. <laughs> you know, he says now, now he's sober. It, you know, it's, it's a kind of sobering thing, and it, it's kind of he feels it. He knows it's keeping him alive. You know, but that's what drugs did to him. You know, he was, blimey, he was practically dead. So <laughs> but he pulled himself back somehow. <laughs> so I've just seen one of your tickets, and um, yeah, I like this one. Again, it's a Brixton gig, but um, yeah, you know that Brixton. Yeah, yeah, uh, Chris Cornell's Mob Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only, I only ever saw them at a festival, so. Talk me through that because I would have liked to. Soundgarden at Brixton, nineteen ninety six was. What was that down on the upside tour? No, uh, don't know. Might have been the super unknown. Yeah, right. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> really matter. They were awesome, mm. as you'd expect. You know, they just one of them bands just come out there. Don't say much. Just deliver it. Yeah. Deliver it from start to finish. Yeah, you know when you see A C D C they don't speak at all. Yeah. They just come out and they just go, Power. Mm. And he goes, Thanks and walks off. You know what I <laughs> mean? It's kind of what the crowd want, isn't it? So Yeah. They, they they more more time to play the songs, you know. Yeah. Um and I saw Foo Fighters at Glastonbury, their big headline set yeah. a couple of years ago. And uh he didn't stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it this, it's like this is well different from your early gigs, Dave. <laughs> Have <laughs> you noticed as well? I was actually saying to my brother, "Will he just shut up yeah. and play?" I know, yeah. I know, it's like the pinnacle of their career, headlining yeah, yeah. Glastonbury. But I was saying to Ben, he's got to stop talking and yeah. he's got to keep playing because we're trying to get a little vibe going and a beer, a little jig. Have you noticed as well, Dave Grohl is always chewing gum when they're playing and when yeah. he's talking. I don't know how he does it. It's got to be so hard, you know. Pat Smear's like the unsung hero of that band, isn't he? He was a, oh, Pat, yeah, the, the, the unplugged for Nirvana and all the Foo Fighters stuff, but they don't mention him, do they? But he's there. He's always been there, yeah. I can't, he's there I, and he's cool, isn't he? I can't think of his band. What was his band called? Germs, wasn't it? The Germs, that's right. Yeah, he was in the Never Germs. heard him, to be totally honest. Oh, just a punk band. Never heard him. Every member of Nirvana loved him, and that's, that's how yeah. Pat Smear got invited into Nirvana, so... But yeah, ended, he wasn't in them for long before, unfortunately, it all ended for him. But yeah, yeah. Um, the Rollins band or Rollins band. Yeah, Henry Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, I first saw them in LA on the Sunset Strip there's in the whiskey. There's in, something to brag about. In the whiskey go go. Oh wow! <laughs> so I went over to America to see our friend, um, me and Donkey, and it was like okay. LA Weekly, I'm looking through it, and it's like, Rollins Band playing down the whiskey. I said to him, mate, can we get tickets for this? Like, it's in a couple of days. He was like, oh, yeah, he went, the whiskey, yeah, you don't, you know, he's doing a couple of nights. Don't really have to, like, hev- heavily book weeks in advance. We should be able to, sort of we should be able to ring up and bag ass tickets today, you know, we just did. He rang up, got them, went down there. And, uh, How much was it? First. Oh, doesn't it's say. It doesn't say. Doesn't right. say. This, this, this one here is when I saw him at the uh, Kentish Town Forum. Oh, okay. Um, that was absolutely awesome. No, sod that. No, I want to hear about LA. No, the LA. <laughs> the, the LA one was just like, well, the whiskey, you go in and the stage is sort of on the right. And it's not that big a venue. Um, and then you can go upstairs and watch from upstairs. And we went upstairs early with these beers. And Henry Rollins come out the side door upstairs and he has to walk past the tables of drinkers upstairs mm. to 
go down the stairs to the back of the stage right. to, to get on the stage to play the whiskey. Yeah. So he's walking past us. And the he's like, Emery! And he turns around and we just we had our camera because we were on, we were on vacation. Yeah, of course. So we took pictures of him. I've got pictures of the back of him, his tattoo and that, and he's walking by and pictures him on the stage from upstairs in the in the whiskey. And then we went yeah. down, we went downstairs onto the floor and he was like the get some go again tour. It was well after like um the weight album with Liar on and stuff. So mm. I was kind of three albums in to getting into him then. I wasn't ever into Black Fag, totally admit it, don't know anything about him. Mm. Just got into Henry Rollins through seeing the live video on MTV. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first time I heard about Rollins so, as well. Yeah, and he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He was just like, he just gets on there and absolutely has it. And then he just, we saw him about three times, then he just stopped the band and just never done it again. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw him do spoken word at a festival, and that was good. Mm. Um, and he just never does the band anymore. I guess no. he just, that's, that was him, he done it, and that was it. He's moved on, but yeah, well, hopefully they could play again. Well, the thing with Rollins definitely, band was definitely go. They do. Every member of Rollins Band were like superb musicians. They were yeah. all like like proper trained musicians. So I'm sure they've all gone on to do other things, or you know, producing or whatever. You know, but they were very, very. And a lot of people used to say that um, it's a good band. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people used to say that they were kind of the band themselves were kind of a little bit wasted on Henry Rollins because. You know, no fucking way. Be, not, <laughs> I do not fucking agree well, with that. Not the best no way. That kind of stuff. But no, I'm not saying that. That's not no, I know. I know what you're saying, but that's. But yeah, a lot of people used to say that. Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> Rollins fucking is is the the forefront of that. He makes that all come together with mm. his presence. And it just the way he's into it, you know, he just, oh, I want him to play again. Right. I want them to play again. And I want to go and see them again. <laughs> Three times Who is knows? not enough. Who knows? A lot of bands make these big comebacks, don't they? Another one of your bands here, looking at this, um, I can't even, what is this? What is that? Cool. The, pi oh, okay, the, pi right, the picture okay, keeps it's, turning. It's, an it's another Brixton one, funny enough, a lot of Brixton. 1998, uh, 15 1998, quid. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Bauhaus. So, you know, I used to like a lot of gothy kind of stuff. Don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> Some people were thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you Bauhaus were an amazing <laughs> If it weren't mate. on Headbangers Ball, mate, I don't know it. You wouldn't have seen them on there. They were kind of a, <coughs> a, kind of, a kind of art, post-punk, goth band. Um, uh, you know, they were huge, like, in the 80s and stuff. Um, so, yeah, and then um, I went and saw them. They reformed after however many years. Um, and I got into them. And I never thought I'd get to see them, and then I did. And they were something else. And, like, the, the whole stage set up and everything they did, it was crazy. They used to do this song called Hollow Hills. And, like, um, all these light bulbs came down from the ceiling on strings Oh, and right. every time, and like the, the singer Peter Murphy was in like this cloak because they were kind of like very dark, like we are vampires kind of thing. It was that kind of It's weird the way you're describing them, and I've never heard them or seen them. Right. And like, so I'm making a little picture up here. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, so there, there was all these the light bulbs coming from the ceiling, all at different lengths. And Peter Murphy was singing this song. Every time he went near a microphone, he'd go like that. Like, you can't see what I'm doing, but he'd kind of put his hand near it, and the light would come on. And then he'd walk away and it would go off and he'd go to another one. And, you know, there was, there was so many things they did. Theatrics. Like, theatrics. They were very theatrical. Like Alice Cooper with a cut in yeah. the head off on the old... Uh, yeah. 
I mean, like, I remember the first song they played was, it was called Double Dare. Um, and what happened was, like, the band walked on stage and they were playing. And then <laughs> it was really crazy. Like, like, the roadies wheeled on this massive TV. And, like, you, you said this close-up of Peter Murphy with all weird lights on him. And he was just singing, like, this song and all this kind of stuff. And then they ended the song and the lights went off and it was, like completely black and then the lights come back on and they started the second song and he was kind of there and I just remember that that just kind of that kind of uh, that's kind of stuck with me you know incredible incredible so yeah so this is an interesting one you have one. to show me them ones actually the, uh, yeah, the, I'll the show weird you guy with the lights I have to see that I'll show you that I've got it on DVD um, so I've got one here um, which is this is lovely. I, I wouldn't have minded being at this one. It was only six fifty, and it was at the garage, Ivory Garage. Six fifty. Um, That's got yeah. to be my cheapest gig. And <laughs> it's a hardcore band that I I very much enjoy. I would love to have seen them, but they're called Snapcase. Yes. Tell me about that. Oh well, I got into them through uh, KG, um, and you know after getting into you know above all and understand and cynical smile and all that Dan yes but I saw all South those South End Biggins saw all the those, big leagues I was, saw all those gigs at Saks and I saw the last show of above all and the last understand show yeah. I think definitely um, yeah Snapcase they didn't come over often right I was told and yeah we, we, we went up there um yeah, it's just a weird little venue I'd never been to before. But right. yeah, they come out and they were just intense. That album, is it Progression for Unlearning? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I haven't listened I to them for a long time. Well, they were pretty brutal. <laughs> it's heavy and fast, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like heavy, fast, jumpy. It's just, I mean, I don't proclaim to be straight edge by any stretch of the imagination no. or know really what it was. No. But it didn't matter to me because I mean, a lot of them bands were heavy and I liked it because I liked heavy metal. S- they were like one of the early bands to kind of start that yeah. movement, weren't they? Yeah, I, so I understand. But mm. um, yeah, that was well good show. It really was. Um, and I saw another one of those type bands, Strife, supporting Sepultura, yeah. the, the Brixton Academy, right, their yeah. last ever gig. Um, they were good. Um, but yeah. That that get that venue, the garage. It's like you just kind of popping out for the evening down the brush, and yeah. you're sort of having a couple of beers and just watching the band. It's like hardly anyone in there, yeah. you know. Obviously, it got well packed and you know sweaty in there. It was pretty good, you know. Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's as far as it goes with the hardcore stuff. Um, right, right. Obviously, I, I went to quite a lot of above all shows. Yeah, Tony, yeah. Tony and. All those guys. I mean, we went to some gigs together anyway. Um, yeah. Perfect Circle and... Yeah, I one. didn't know much about them at the time. I did see... I remember seeing Light of the Morning at Generous, which was Tony Maddox's Light. Yeah, band Light of the Morning. Yeah. Um, and I remember the support band were called Stoopy. They were a really good local so band. Light of the Morning was really heavy, wasn't it? Light really of the Morning was brilliant, yeah. Stands uh, up now, doesn't it, when you put totally, the CD yeah, on? I listened to it last week and I know you did as well. Yeah, um, and it's uh, it's phenomenal stuff, really. You know, and it's timeless, and it still sounds as fresh today it's as it did. Brutal, isn't it? <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure. Now, brutal. He'll tell me. He'll tell me if if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure when I saw him at Chinneries, Tony Maddox come out with like a Hawaiian shirt on, and he was playing an acoustic guitar, which was completely pointless. 
absolutely pointless because <laughs> you could not hear an acoustic guitar in that room. I'm telling you that for nothing. It was, you know, it was deafening, absolutely deafening. Oh, I used to get so hammered at all them, you know, you, the gigs, your local gigs, everyone you know. Yeah. You just used to get hammered. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're on. You go right down the front. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, they're on there, you know them. It's no, kind of cool, There were so it? many good bands around that period, like locally, you know, you had K-Bear and all that. You know, resin and you know all these bands. I don't know resin. Oh, fantastic. You know, Understand so. cynical smile. Yeah. And above all, resin were kind of like they played with. But I loved above all because they were heavy. Yeah. And they, yeah. to me, yeah. I, they weren't a hardcore band. They were just a heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I viewed them. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd be going to see, I'd go to see Sepultura, Pantera, then I'd be seeing above all like a week later, ran ran a corner. Yeah. Um, but we all we all know the story of what happened and how they didn't like their album and stuff. But when you see them live, that's when you want to see them. Yeah. What have we got here then? Caving. You know, oh, well, yeah. Where was that? ULU. Yeah, the ULU. Yeah, oh, yeah. so Caving, yeah, they were in London. They were an incredible Street. band. Um, yeah, I think Kev Guy gave me one of these albums. Quite possibly. I can't remember yeah. what it was like. When they started, they were like really, really heavy. Um, and then like a couple of albums in, they started doing stuff that was more kind of I don't know how to describe it. I think people used to call it like space rock. It was kind of really, I had like passages that were like, I mean, it would have riffs, but then it would have like passages that were like really chilled and kind of floaty and all this kind of stuff. But, um, but they were a great band. They were a great band. You know, I remember going to see them again with my mate Del and with, what was that venue like then? It was a university. So yeah. 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 I can't remember an awful lot. I saw a real big fish at Norwich University with my ex. She wanted to go and see it. Yeah. Some of those universities. That was a rattle party. That was beach balls flying around. (laughs) 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 It was mental. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. No, that was a good one. That was a good one. They're normally small, aren't they? These sort of. Yeah. 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 In the uni halls or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to one, the university of London to see, um, I think it was the sneaker pimps. We went to see the sneaker pimps. Um, and that was an amazing show. Um, and we'd been following them around the country on that tour. And we got friends with like the tour manager. And we said to her, oh, you know, I blagged it, basically. My mates were going, go on, go on, see what you can do. And I blagged it that we'd be able to go backstage um, to like the after show party. Yes. And we managed to get in there. And, um, you know, we're just, the sneaker pimps were like all sort of like chatting. And well, we chatted to the singer and all this kind of stuff. And then my mate goes, look over there, look over there. And I look round and it was... And it was Brian Molko from Placebo. I mean, and they were huge then. It was like, they'd had like, without you, I'm nothing out. And like, this was like when they were at their peak and he was just over there chatting. Um, and me being young, stupid and drunk, went straight over to him. Like, you know, I was full of beer. <laughs> and I sort of grabbed him and like shouted in his ear, you know, when are you going to finish his new album and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, about 20 minutes later, he was seen leaving that room quite rapidly. So, <laughs> uh, I might have ruined that after-show party for him, but I've done it for many people, to be fair. Oh, many mate. celebrities have left left after they've met me. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, when you was in your band, uh, I know you are in Hobo, mm. obviously another great sort of, oh, I think they're heavy, but obviously they've got the... The singer that's not a heavy metal singer, so it goes well. But your old band, Bates Mattel, you played Bloodstock, which has now become Bloodstock. Quite, open, a, yeah. quite a big. Oh, it's a big thing. festival you, you now. Know, it's, yeah. it's trying to rival download every year, and, and yeah. you know, and, and it does because they do get these big headliners it's the kind and of stuff. More, and it's the kind of more extreme kind. Yeah, of they do have all these death bands and that, don't they? Yeah. 
But you played it really early on, didn't you? Was it 2003? So 2003. yeah, I think it had been going for a few years. And you supported. It wasn't. Was it Saxon? We yeah, well, you were on the same stage Saxon as Saxon. Were there? Um, Paradise That's Lost mad, were there. It? Nightwish were there. Um, so yeah, there was you know there was quite a few sort of uh, Dragon Force were there. There was quite a few sort of yeah big bands, you know. Um, and it was kind of crazy. Like for, for us, that was like. It was ridiculous because we played in this, like they called it the assembly room and it was a massive, massive hall. And I was thinking to myself, Christ alive, you know, I don't know how we got this. But <laughs> we're in Derby. How, how can this end well? You know, how is this going to end? Um, and I remember we, we walked out on stage and this room was empty. Um, I turned around, tuned my guitar. Um, and what I didn't know was like um, in like the other auditorium, I think like someone had just finished playing and like, Everyone, just facing my amp, tuning my guitar, and I turned around and we launched into the first song. The room was absolutely rammed. There was so everyone just basically come from the next room, yeah, yeah. straight but in for yours. They yeah. just keep going to each set like that. Yeah, I think it Brilliant. was like staggered, so yeah. they wouldn't miss anything. But what got me, um, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, was like you could see people in like the first like two or three rows actually singing along like they knew the words, and I was wow. thinking, how do people know this? You know. I mean, obviously, we did have stuff out there on the internet, um, but the internet wasn't anything like it is now. You know, it was. We spent a lot of time mailing stuff to people who wanted to mailing our CDs to people. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it must have been word of mouth, and you know, it was kind of crazy to think that there's people, you know, all over this country who actually have listened yeah. to your band. And you've and actually know the played words. Bloodstock. I've played Bloodstock. Like, yeah. You know, I've still got, I've still got the T-shirt. I've never worn it. Well, I've got the T-shirt because the T-shirt's got the print of like the, the devil thing on the front and then on the back it's got a list of every band. So like on, there on it, it? Says, it says Bates Motel on there. So yeah, I've never... you never you know, worn it? I've never worn it. I don't want to wear it. I just want it kept forever, you know. I mean, I'll probably get it framed, cut up and framed one time. Can you wear it the next time we do this? Come okay. on, come on. <laughs> I want to see you on the maybe, back of that T-shirt. Maybe. <laughs> on that Bloodstock T-shirt. I've never worn it, but, you know, it'll hurt me to wear it. Come on. We'll see, we'll see. Got to keep, <laughs> people that keeps a comic in its pristine condition for an eternity. <laughs> Get that T-shirt out, man. <laughs> but, yeah, but that, that particular festival, it was completely sponsored by um, Jägermeister, and all I remember was, like, the after-show party. Like of course, Saturday. you wouldn't have had one then, would you? You would have just thought, oh, sponsored by Jäger, and just, yeah. you, you wouldn't have had a Jäger. Wouldn't have thought about it. No. Nah. So, but we went to the after show party and we walked in and um, the Saxon guys were there and there was a you know some of the Nightwish guys were knocking about and that um, and we all had like table we all had like tables and stuff but on every table there was like bottles and bottles of Jägermeister and it was all free. So Fuck, that stuff's so lethal. Oh God, it was unbelievable. So yeah, we just you know we were just scooping up all these bottles of Jägermeister. And I missed just... half of Metallica at Sonosphere <laughs> Festival because of Jägermeister. I your missus had to put you to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how KG managed to stand up because he'd done everyone with me. Yeah. Flipping hell. I was fucking wasted, but oh, I... Oh, it was good times, though. Good saw times. a few of them, a few of the tracks, and then I was carted off to the tent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we need to save festivals for the, like, the next yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... So. Look at this, torn in half, torn near, in near half. enough. Don't clutch know how, at the bar. How I've still got that, but this is early on in. The That's crazy. Yeah, people seeing clutch. Clutch. In that 2000. is clutch on. Clutch, clutch. You right. know, escape right. from the prison planet and all yeah. that. Yeah. 
Mental. The barfly as well was tiny, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, we were standing there, Valley, and uh, I think we end up standing, we all stood on um, milk crates at the back. Right. On the back wall, so we could see mm. over the, a small crowd. Yeah. But you know, sometimes I think I had a massive joint or whatever and just didn't want to go down there. And <laughs> we're just like, let's just stand at the back, stoned <laughs> on these milk crates, so we can see everything from here. Yeah, totally, totally. And sometimes then, you just got to sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> they were so good. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like love an album, love the first two albums so much. Mm. And uh, you get to see them at a tiny little venue like that, which I've never even been to, the Barfly. Mm. Um, I know some of the guys played up there after. But um, it was a well good gig. Yeah. Um, and I did see him again, Sport Therapy. Right. Up in London. But I don't know. That was probably his story. And I only went to see Clutch. Even though I did kind of like Therapy on Trouble Gum. Trouble Gum's one. I got to see Clutch again. I went to see Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw Therapy at Donington. But... Clutch didn't play for very long sporting therapy. I mm. don't know if sport band, but it was only like half hour or something. It was like, oh, right, okay, that's that. But we got a good dose of them at the Barfly. Yeah, yeah, A good yeah. dose of them. And I know we saw them at Download. Yeah. Last year or something. Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Neil Fallon, I think, is one of the greatest lyricists. Anyone who can turn a song, anyone can write a song out of blooming, um, you know, crab cakes, you know, not... Hot Bottom Feeder was about crab cakes and that's, <laughs> that's legendary. You know? Was it? You could write a song about anything. No, you that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> droid. Droid. That song, Droid. Oh, God. What is that about? That's crazy. Good stuff. Brilliant. So Good we've stuff. kind of covered the early, well, the 90s there, um, Hobo. And hopefully, if we get time and we can afford some more beers, <laughs> we'll come back again and we'll do all the 2000s gigs and... And then we'll do a festivals one. Or we can yeah. do the festival one next. Or whatever. But yeah, I'm easy, man. There's been a lot of festivals. Now we need to get some more pizza and have some more beer, don't we? So <laughs> We do. Thank you, my friend. We'll just give it a little elbow. <laughs> Let's elbow each other because of lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's facing the crowd, signing off. Facing the crowd, yeah. yeah. Um, signing off now. But see you later. See you later, guys.